Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship weekly podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. It's great to see you, church. This morning we're going to talk about patience, okay, and, and it's it's always true that you, if you really want to learn something, you teach and preach on it, right? Um, which is which is true here. So, but but that's I think that's the attitude. Uh, I'm gonna listen to word of prayers. We get going, but it's patience is a is a way to stay in God's presence, not just come and go. And so, um, I was in a meeting this week, and on a panel of guys, we were talking about different things related to my work. And one of the guys made a comment at the end of his talk. He's like, you know what? I just want to give you some thoughts to stir the bottom of your fish tank. I was like, it was very visual, but it really, under, I understood exactly what he meant. It was good. It was a good analogy. Um, but that's a lot different than what we do here in, in the body of Christ. It's not just stirring the bottom of the fish tank and thinking about things. We come here because we want to be changed and we want to be different. We want to leave different than when we came. And sometimes that's a gradual process as we're going to talk about today. And sometimes... It's not a gradual process. God's capable, right? We talked about splitting the seas. We talked about, um, you know, we sang about that. So I want you, you know, get your head around that as well. So let's just pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to share. I thank you for the uh, opportunity to just sit in your presence. You're just good. You're kind. Uh, you're full of mercy and understanding. And this morning, Father, we understand that you're a God of patience. Um, you mean good for us, not evil, and you're just patient with us in all of our struggles. And so we come before you today, and we want to be changed. Change us, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, turn, if, if you can, to your, in your Bibles to... Uh, actually, put a mark at Exodus, Numbers, and Joshua. We're going to take a little bit of a story, a walk through the Old Testament. So before you run for the exits, just go ahead and mark it in the Bible. And, uh, and we're going we're gonna to walk through a little bit of the story of Israel and how they came to exhibit a, a, a large amount of patience over an extended period of time. But we're going to take a couple of tribes specifically, uh, and we're going to focus on that. And uh, as I was praying and getting ready for the message, God gave me a clear word in Joshua, and so that's where we're going, um, and it directly relates. So I'm excited. Uh, my name is Ross Connors, as James said. Uh, we've been at the church, just a little bit about me uh, and my family We've been here about five years, and moved, did a career change, came over from East Texas. I'm native Texan, lived all over, but uh, I always said if there's three cities I wanted to live in, in Texas, uh, it would be Tyler, where I'm from, Fort Worth, and Austin. Well, I've lived in all, all of them, and now I'm here, um, and I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, I just, whatever God has in store, but um, we've been blessed by this church uh, in ways that I can't even recount through Life Group. Um, through the teaching, through the worship, through the, the spirit and the, um, the attitude of this church, uh, through discipleship school most recently. It's just, it's been a life-transforming church. Um, I, can't, I can't describe it enough. Uh, I'll try to do my best today, but um, I have a wife and now six kids. Here's a picture of it. Sorry for the deaf. Um, so there's me. So the guy in the tall guy in the middle, that's me, Right. I got mistaken for being 55 years old this week, just so you know, and you can't really tell, and I think it's the gray in the beard. I don't know, but I'm not 55. No offense 
anybody, but I'm not. Uh, it, it, yeah, his second guess wasn't even any closer, really. Uh, so my, my lovely, talented, beautiful wife, Stacy, um, Proverbs 31 type woman without all the quilting and all the old school things. Um, she probably could, but she doesn't. Um, so, and this is Jack. Um, my oldest is 13, going on 28. And then Ellie in my arms is uh, just had a birthday, so she's now nine. There's Raina is 10, and there's in the middle, there's Trent, and uh, he's my son that turned 11. There's Jonah that turned seven recently in March, and that's Hank. That's baby Hank. Hank came to us about a week and a half ago, um, prayed in by discipleship school as we were painting a old high school in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and they were, it was awesome. What a story that was, and they, I'm firmly, I firmly believe that, that the Lord moved and and that trip specifically to help break some things that were held up in the court system and craziness of foster and adoptive care, those of you that have ventured in those waters, and just broke, broke some chains. And we had a meeting, we got back, and after eight months, he was in our home within a week. I mean, just, so he's a, he's a sweet, sweet little kid. I, you know, he, he's about 16 months old now, so we're, we're happy to have him. And um, I never thought my family would be put together this way. Uh, I come from a very, very small, small family. Um, I have one first cousin who's actually out in the foyer wearing a police uniform. Believe it or not, that's my only first cousin, Banning. Officer Sweatland, as we call him around here. Um, so anyway, that's it. Um, but yeah, we're, um, my story, a little bit about kind of how this ties together with this morning. So we, uh, we came here um, at, through a career change. And so God led us through some very difficult financial circumstances. Uh, with the shutting down and collapse of a business and starting a new career. And so and when I relate patience to what we went through, that's kind of where I go. I really do. And, and, and that's kind of, you know, we have the health issues in, in life. We have work issues and we have relational issues. But ours was a financial, financial valley, financial, um, you know, exodus. And so um, that's, that's where my mind goes. I, relate a few, I re- relay a few of those things this morning, but, um, but we'll, um, that's kind of a, that's what brought us here. So it's a big part of who we are. And, and when I think of God and His, His mercy and, and, and His provision, and, you know, and what we'll focus on today is our posture through those periods, um, that's where I go. I really do. Um, the beautiful exchange, that's what we're talking about. You know, I was thinking about words, the, the antonyms of patience, and, and the best word I could come up with was angst. Just, and it's almost one of those words that just, it, 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 it sounds like it is, and, and it, you know, and the it's just, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a physical word. You know, there's four consonants and one vowel. <laughs> and there's, uh, but it's also a, a psychological and spiritual word as well in terms of um, how we can get twisted up and tied up. So when, when we're not patient, we're full of angst, feeling of deep anxiety or dread, feeling a persistent worry about something trivial. trivial. And in, in, in America, quite often, it's their first world problems, right? But they're still problems. And, and I used to trivialize those problems and things that we have, but it's what we have, right? It's, it's our culture, right? And we're a church planning movement, and if we have missionaries all over the world, and their problems are different. We're about to go to Uganda, and I've been reading some books on that. Their problems are very different. Um, and, and, but, but it's what we have, right? It's what, and, and it's how God shapes and molds us is the circumstances we have, even if they seem trivial. Another word, uh, antonym, panic. 
Sudden uncontrollable fear or anxiety often caused by, by wildly unthinking behavior. I love that. Just you know, so there is a physical component when you're, when you're not patient. We're going to talk about that. Patience, patience is really a heart posture. It's, it's an attitude. It's, it's a physical, psychological, and spiritual condition, okay? And it, just like baptism a little bit, and I think second service we have one, baptism is an outward manifestation of an inward, inward reality. And, and it struck me this morning, even driving here, that that's what patience is. It's just an, it's an outward expression of, of, of peace and, and, and calm in, in circumstances, in, in difficult circumstances, right? It's easy to be joyful and, and smiling and, and your countenance is reflective of that when things are great, but when they're not, well, how's your posture, right? But that's often driven by what goes on up here, okay? It's body, we're body, soul, and spirit, and patience is manifested in that way. And the hard part about it, church, is it, it, it's in our heart change is hard, Right, and those of you that are parents, you want to get to the heart. You know, I, you know and I, I, I can preach it. I've had, I even had somebody preach it to me this this week. It's like Ross, you got to get to the heart. I'm like, I know, I know that. You know, and God's saying the same thing to me. I got to get to your heart. Now, so I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not just driving behavior. That's chasing, that's chasing the, the tail, right? It's, it, I need to get to the heart, and that's what's hard is, is redirection. And and uh, Aristotle said, patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. Oh, isn't that true? Shakespeare said, How poor are they that have not patience? What wound did ever heal but by degrees? You know, that's the gradual part of, 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 of wounding and, and waiting in patience, right? It's just, it's, it's, the, it's the steady, you know, and I always go back to ships a lot. A lot of times I feel like my life's a ship, and those little one or two degree turns make a huge difference. And this is, I hope this Sunday's one of those degrees, and if it's a one degree turn for you, that's awesome. Because in five years or when you're through with a struggle, whatever you're going through, you look back and go, okay, that's where it kind of started, right, as I, as I kept moving, you know. And some, are, some changes are more, um, more sudden. I'll leave room for that. Jim, Jim Reynolds, one of the, the uh, speakers, pastor of church, and we, our church has had a history, I'm not sure the exact relationship, but he spoke at discipleship school, and he had one quote I won't forget. Three, word, three words, I don't react. He said, I don't react. And that's, you know, reacting is, is really the, the mark of someone who's not patient. It's just a reaction, you know, and I'm guilty of it, church. I am. I mean, that's, you know, if I'm, I'm transparent with you this morning, I've got a shocking revelation. I struggle with patience. I mean, you know, and it's like, well, duh, no, you know, it's not that shocking, Ross. I get it. It's not. But we live in a society that's, that's constantly, you know, leaning and, and feeding off instant gratification, right? We are. And I think that's what's hard. When I spend my time with the Lord, um, when, I'm, when, I, when I'm in His presence, okay, and when I'm, when I'm hearing from Him and when I'm trying to tune into what He's telling me, I hear the most, maybe it's because of my IQ, I don't know, but I hear the simplest words from the Lord. I hear, be patient, a lot. I hear, stay close, stay close to me, okay? I hear, come to me, trust me, okay? Little two-word snippets, and I'm like, okay. And I'm starting out in that church. I really am. I'm, I'm really starting down that journey. And I've been a believer since I was seven. And I'm, but I'm really, and the church has been a part of it here, but the body and the community is just, okay, what's God saying? Do the next thing. Do the next thing. Okay? And that's, um, that's where he's gotten me. Patience is key in discipling and growing the church. 2 Corinthians 12, 11 and 12, Paul says this, I've made a fool of myself, but you drove me to it. I ought to have been commended by you, for I'm not in the least inferior to the super apostles, 
even though I am nothing. I persevered in demonstrating among you the marks of a true apostle, including signs, wonders, and miracles. It's not up there, but that's, that is, how, how hard was that for Paul, having demonstrated signs, wonders, and miracles in a, in a church that still didn't grow? Okay, how much patience did he have to exhibit? You know, and sometimes he loses it on him a little bit, right? You know, God inspired, but he, but he was very patient in growing that church, even amongst signs and wonders and miracles. Whose patience are we talking about? Is it ours? Is it what we develop and, and build up inside of ourselves? 1 Timothy 1.16 says, But for that very reason, Paul again, charging Timothy, Paul says, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. He might display his immense patience. It's his patience displayed in me. Isn't that great? And we talk, and we, and, and it just, okay, I get it. It's his love that, that, is, that is demonstrated to the world through me. It's his mercy. It's his patience. It's not mine. Good seeds bear fruit with patience, Luke 8, 15. But, on, but the seed on good soil, Jesus says, stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Growing things is hard. My kids are going through it. Man, I, if I had a time for every time, the three older ones right now are just complaining about their legs. Their knees are hurting, you know, and there's, well, did you hurt? Did you skin it? No, did you sprain it? No, it, it's hurting. Oh, it's growing pain. Bob, is it growing pain's real? Brian, they're real, right? It's the unexplainable pain of, a, of, of an adolescent kid, and it's, but it's, they're growing, and it's painful. But by patience and persevering, those with a noble and good heart produce a crop. That gets back to the fruit of patience. Okay, go ahead and turn your Bibles to Exodus. So in, this, in the Bible, the Israelites had come out of, out of Egypt, and, and there were 12 tribes, and, and, but there was a half-tribe along the way too. Joseph was one of the sons, but he had two, two, two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And they, they, they split up, and there were two. There were, so when we talk about the half-tribe of Manasseh, well, it was, it was, it was a half-tribe because Joseph was a tribe, and they split in two. So <clears throat> they, we're going to talk a little bit about the patience that they demonstrated. The promise that God gave them as they came out, in, excuse me, as they were in Egypt in slavery. So we're going to look a bit at the promise, and we're going to look through Joshua at, the, um, at what happened when they got over to the promised land before they went in, okay? And before they went in, there were three tribes, two and a half tribes, that stayed on the, on the uh, east side of the river. They stayed on the east side of the river, and we're about to read it, because they had crops and they had livestock, and they, they deemed that that was a better land for them, and they chose not to go into the promised land. But there was one condition. There was one condition that they had to go fight for their brothers before they came back to the promised land. They had to do the right thing and commit to the whole journey before they went back. So here they'd been wandering for 40 years, and Gad, Reuben, and Manasseh, those two tribes, the two and a half tribes, stayed back on the east side. Okay, and I, we're going we're gonna to dive into that. And why do we look at those, Bob? Why do we look at those stories? Why is it so important for us? Well, it, it's because our concept of God and who He is goes back to them. We didn't create it in the 21st century, right? We came to know God because of what they went through. And they, they were the first to have a relationship with God. So is their story important in all the characters they exhibit and how to walk and understand God and where He leads and how He leads and understand that things change with the Holy Spirit and His arrival in our hearts, but... 
God's God. His character is His character. And how He was in the Old Testament and how He, uh, he cared for His people and led them. Yeah, He may do it in different ways here. He may do it directly in more power that we have access to, I believe, thank God. But, but yet His character hasn't changed. So we, we can lean on that and we can learn from it, especially with patience. So, the, so my main idea, patience is the attitude and posture that demonstrates our understanding of the what and the why of life circumstances, not the when. So when we were going through our financial difficulties, I thought, I understood what, what God was doing. I know, God, you're working this out for my good. You're making, I, mean, I could do with all the scriptures. You're turning me into your image. Okay, I got it. I, got it. I mean, I knew that. Okay, and I knew the why. The why kind of goes along with that. The why sometimes is a little bit clear, unclear, right? Because you don't know the future and how you can encourage someone with your story like now or even in business, which I do. But the when is what we struggle with. And I just remember praying at night and in the morning and all through the day at times through tears, driving around a small town, losing all my money going, when? When is it going to be over? I, 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 you know, be patient. Be patient. Stay close. Stay close. I've got you. I got you. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. But I couldn't get comfortable with the win. That was what was so hard. And that's where patience is demonstrated, gang. But the promise. So the promise is given in Exodus 3. Turn it, we're going to go through these pretty quick. So just follow along. So in Exodus 3, 7 and 8, it says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of the land in a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Home of those other folks, those bad dudes. So, <laughs> so, so there's the promise, right? The promise is, I've got plans for you. Hang with me. I've got it. I've got it. And I think that's so key because it fuels, it fuels the journey, right? We need a promise. We need a promise. We need a promise that, Ross, I'm going to build a family through you. I'm going to set you a firm foundation. I don't want you worried about money. My board tells you not to be worried about money. That was another question I had. So then why am I always thinking about it? You know, you think about it when you have it, or you think about it when you don't have it. Amen? But surely you don't want... That was my plea. Surely you don't want me here, Lord, forever. You know, and he didn't. But it was his timing. Okay? So deliverance from affliction. The promise is there. The kind, it demonstrates the kindness of God. Israel had to wander a long time. Number two, our desire is made known. So we have some room in this thing. We, those two and a half tribes had a little bit of say in the matter, right? We know we have a promised land. God wasn't offended. He didn't strike them down, which he was capable of doing. He didn't strike them down and, because they were like, well, you didn't accept my reward. And so, no, he, he accepted their desire, and, 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 but he had a condition, okay? But he, he, had, he honored that desire to stay back, and they had large life. These two and a half tribes had large amounts of livestock, and the grazing land was better. Okay, the Bible doesn't go into a ton of reasons as to why they chose that, but they did. And God honored that request. Numbers 3, 32, 5, it says, I, if I have found favor in your eyes, those two and a half tribes said, let this land be given to your servants as our possession. Do not make us cross the Jordan, they said. So after all that wondering, now we, we like it here. We like it here. We are His people. We're His chosen children. He does want to give us the desires of our hearts. He really does, gang. He does. And he did to them. He honored that. Still gave them a place of freemen. They had arrived at their promised land. Think about that. After 40 years of wondering, they'd arrived at theirs. And I'm not sure how long the campaign took 
biblical scholars can help me out in this room, but I don't know how long the campaign in Israel took in Canaan when they defeated Jericho and started just going crazy and 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 taking taking the nation that was you know that, that God had, had had ordained for them. I don't know how long that took, but but they didn't get to enjoy their promised land until all that work was done, even though they had arrived there after all that time. Our commitment, number three, our commitment to do what's right. That's what they, they demonstrated. Numbers 32, 16, and 19 says, They came up to him and they said, This is two and a half tribes. We'd like to build pens and livestock for our livestock and our cities, for our cities and our women and children, but we will arm ourselves for battle. We'll go ahead of the Israelites until we have brought them to their place. Meanwhile, our women and children will live in these cities over here for protection and from the inhabitants of the land. We'll not return to our homes because they had already defeated a lot of folks up to that point. But we're not going to return to our homes until each of the Israelites has received their inheritance. We will not receive any inheritance with them on the other side of the Jordan because our inheritance has come to us on the east side. So, God, we, we commit. We're in. And this is back in, in Moses' time. So fast forward to Joshua here. We will in a second. The context, let me talk about the context. Think about this too. Our church gang is, you know, growth in our church and in our Christian, our spiritual life is, is a result of community. It really is. And so in the context of community, we grow. And that's what happened here. Think about the, now that you talk about community. They had about a million people walking through the desert, but that was community for them. So they grew in the context of helping their brothers out and their sisters out before they could enjoy the fruit of their labor. They looked out for another's good above their own, but it was hard work. They committed to do the hard work, to do the hard things. Lastly, our reward. Our reward awaits. So, I want to look at this passage in Joshua 1. Joshua chapter 1, 14 and 16. Joshua reiterates the commitment that they, that the, the two and a half tribes had made. Starting in verse 15 here. It says, you're to help them, Joshua said, until the Lord gives them rest as he's done for you. And until they have taken possession of the land, the Lord God, the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. And they answered Joshua and they said, whatever you have commanded us, we'll do. Wherever you send us, we'll go. Just a commitment to the community, a commitment to doing what the Lord had called them to do. But how much patience did it take for them to abandon even wives and, and children in, in fortified cities to go over there and fight battles? And I don't know how long that took, but they did it. But in, until the Lord gives them rest, they'd already gotten their rest, and they gave it up. They sacrificed it for the sake of their community. So our reward, you know, our reward in Joshua 22, so what happened for their, for their labor and their toil? Joshua summoned the Reubenites, starting in verse 1, the Gadites, half-tribe of Manasseh, and he said, you've, he said to them, you've done all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded. You've obeyed me in everything I commanded. For a long time now, to this very day, you've not deserted your fellow Israelites, but you carried out the mission of the Lord your God that he gave you. Now that the Lord your God has given them rest, it happened, as he promised. He's a God of promises. Return to your home in the land that Moses, that Moses' servant, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. Verse 5, but be very careful to keep the commandment of the law that Moses and the servant of the Lord gave you, to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, to keep His commands, to hold fast to Him, serve Him with all your heart and soul. Then Joshua blessed them. He sent them away and they went to their homes. It was over. They, they got the reward for their patience. 
Okay? Return to your homes with great wealth, he said, with large herds of livestock, with silver, gold, bronze, and iron, and great quantity of clothing, and divide the plunder from your enemies with your fellow Israelites. It wasn't just going home like, man, we're beaten and haggard and tired. He blessed them. I mean, he blessed them with many, with much more livestock than they they'd even arrived with because they had been plundering, right? They had been, they'd been conquering. And he blessed them with all those things that he had promised. So they, they went back with much more than they came with. You think they saw that? They probably thought they were going to get killed. I mean, they, I mean this wasn't 30,000-foot warfare. This was hand-to-hand combat, church. The Lord fought for them. And he, but so they came back much more blessed from an, from, from, from an abundance of possession standpoint, right, than they ever thought possible. Mm. So, it's been said two things to find you. Your patience when you have nothing and your attitude when you have everything. Talked about that, right? It's easier to find men who will volunteer to die than to find those who are willing to endure pain with patience. As Julius Caesar said that. Okay? It's easier to find somebody that will just give up their life willingly, right? For something they believe in, but to endure pain with patience and demonstrate that posture and the smile, right? Those are hard things. You can't fake it. You really can't. But, to, but, but, but when your heart is changed and when you're, when you're in the midst of those struggles and you commit to do what's right for the sake of your brothers and sisters in the midst of those things, and you press into community. You don't run from community, but you press in. How many times are we tempted in times of struggle to say, forget it, and you, you, you step back, right? And the enemy's going. Yeah. You know, we are like sheep. I'm sorry. He could have said we're like lions. He's the lion. We're not. We're sheep, right? We need each other. We pass by a herd of sheep. We're building a house and west of town, and I pass this herd of sheep almost every day. I just look at them. They're out there, and just they're always together. There's cows in that pasture, too, and the sheep stay together, right there together. And I just think about it all the time. How many of, how many of y'all ever read Philip Keller? He wrote a book about, he, was a, he, he, he had some sheep, and he, he had a trilogy, and it was just about his perspective on, you know, all, all the scripture about how we're like sheep, and he had a herd, and he was just writing, I think, and I'm like, man, I need to do that. I'm going to read his book. Save myself the smell. Um, stand up, if you would, please. We're going to go into a time of ministry. And as you stand up, I want you to just calm your heart. Just calm your mind, calm your body. And as Steve Finley said last week, I want you to picture heaven. I want you to picture joy. Picture for a few seconds what eternity looks like. And I believe we can go there, folks. I really do. And, I, and, and now, you know, and then bring that, back, bring that back to your present situation, right? And we always talk about you better learn to worship God now because that's what we're going to be doing for eternity. So eternity is, is unlike anything we can ever imagine. It's the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus for eternity and fellowship with Him. So is it possible to bring that here in our present circumstances to help us, right? And as we get help to help others, absolutely it is. So we bring that. We bring that vision of eternity. Lord, we bring it back to here today. 
in our present circumstances and we understand, Jesus, what proximity and consistent fellowship with you looks like. Because you are consistent. You're the model of consistency. You're the model of mercy. Jesus, you're endless in your mercy. You're limitless in your love, Jesus. Your character is faultless, Jesus. Your principles are timeless. Your patience, Jesus, it's inspiring because it, it's your patience that we take on. We take on your body. The, we take on your mind. We have the mind of Christ. Your word tells us, Father, but we also have the patience of Christ. And Jesus, thank you for the mystery of how that works. I thank you that we can trade angst for patience, Jesus, and the, the struggling for the quiet smile. I thank you that we can trade the mundane of this world for the majesty of Jesus and the kingdom of God, Father. We trade duty and work for the freedom and grace of Jesus. And we thank you. You're so kind. If you need prayer, if you want to trade angst for patience and you're struggling, I, I'd encourage you to get prayer. There's a team down here that would love to pray with you and lead you through that. And, and uh, there's no shame in it. We all struggle with patience. Okay? But I just pray the Lord would work in your heart and by degrees or by um, however his, his plan for you unfolds, I pray you would seek that out. Hmm.